This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. I had a successful career, an Ivy League education, and led a very rational life. Several years ago, I had a spiritual awakening, developed psychic gifts, and decided to dedicate my life to pursue my purpose and empower others. I'm hungry to learn even more about the incredible potential of the human mind and spirit. On this podcast, I talk to entrepreneurs, executives, scientists, and leaders to hear their stories of transformation, the science behind them, and what it means for you to unlock your potential in your life and career. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Welcome to All Possibilities. I'm here today with Carmen Reynal, who is the founder of Creating Greatness, LLC. And how I met Carmen was actually at a higher brain living session with Dr. Steve, as you may know from an earlier episode. So Carmen, it is so great to have you on the show today. I am delighted to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you. So Carmen, let's start off by having you explain who you are and what you do and what creating greatness means to you. Thank you. So Carmen Reynal, I have a very diverse background, both professionally and personally. I was raised in seven different countries and have lived in nine different states. And, uh, and I have both a very corporate background as well as a very social service oriented background. And something that I became aware of about 13 years ago is that I have a profound commitment to causing a pandemic of joy. Like I want everybody on the planet to have joy and power and freedom in their life. And, um, but it took me a while to figure out how to go about creating that. How do you bring joy to everybody's lives? And about three years ago, I came to realize that where most of us spend, most adults spend most of their life is at work, right? And I thought to myself, huh, so if I was able to create joy and leave people feeling known and feeling known as being great at work, then chances are they would be really happy and then they would take that happiness home. And then taking that happiness home, their, their spouses and their children would have access to joy. And then their spouses and their children, it becomes a domino effect, right? So I thought to myself, okay, let's focus on creating joy at work. And it built from there. There are different components to it, right? So there was, I once had a life-changing experience when a manager of an organization that I used to volunteer for acknowledged me because I was about to go on staff for that same organization and he acknowledged me down to my bones and it rocked my world. I had never been acknowledged that deeply and that profoundly in my entire life. And I was like, whoa, that was cool. And um, what did he say? I don't even remember. But he said, you know, it, it takes a very unusual human being to choose to go on staff. And it really takes giving over and handing over your life to the organization. And it takes your all to to make the difference that you're out to make for the organization that you're about to join. And it, whatever he said and however he said it, it stunned me. It was like a wow experience. Fast forward two years, three years, and I had left that particular organization as a staff member. I had moved to New York City. I had entered a leadership program and then was coaching a leadership program. And, um, and the leader of that leadership program said to me, the Carmen, who you embody to me is acknowledgement. And I thought to myself, huh, really? Okay. And then I was the 
head coach and executive head coach of that leadership program two or three years after that. And the only thing I did with my coaches and my participants is just love them up, is just acknowledge them. I spent as much time as I could appreciating them, saying how great they are, focusing on their effectiveness, focusing on their greatness, focusing on their skills, paying as little mind as I could to what they weren't doing well, just shifting my focus to what works about them. And by the end of that program, of the four head coaches of which I was one, my people had outperformed all three others combined. And I thought to myself, wow, acknowledgement and appreciation and loving people up has a profound effect on people's performance both in terms of inviting people to participate, registering people into the programs, um, causing profound results in their lives and in the lives of the people that they care about. It was radical and it was powerful. And, um, and it, that's when it all finally came together for me. At the end of that year, after the program was over and after I had done reflecting on what had my, my coaches and my participants be so effective, I thought to myself, huh, acknowledgement and appreciation. That makes, it's a, such a creative way to bring out the best in people, you know, because we create our worlds by what we say. And so the more critical and grouchy we are, the more we create a world that's, that's not great and that's worth criticizing or that is criticizable. I don't know if that's, if that's actually English, but um, the more we focus on what's terrible about life, the more attention we bring to what's terrible about life. Whereas the more we focus on what's great about life, the more we cultivate what's great about life and people, right? And so I, um, so I, I took on building a business focused around that and it turns out that I was sharing this with a girlfriend of mine who was a leader at that organization, and it turns out that the New York City Housing Authority had a division that was really struggling with a toxic work atmosphere, and that they knew they needed to implement some culture change. And they had plateaued at what they could do on their own, and so when she heard that I was building a business around acknowledgement, appreciation, and culture change, she said to me, wow would you be willing to come in and work with this particular division at NYCHA, the New York City Housing Authority, to see if you could support us in taking things to the next level? And I said, absolutely. So a few months later, we had all of our agreements signed. I came in and spent three months working with that particular division of the New York City Housing Authority. And by the end of the three months, they had produced results they had never, ever produced before. My only regret is that I did not record that last session when everybody was sharing what they had accomplished for themselves because it was the space and the actual accomplishments of each and every director and each and every manager uh, and assistant director was huge. It was really profound and, um, and it was groundbreaking. And so I knew I had a, a, a legitimate and powerful program on my hands. So I have a whole curriculum, and in an ideal world, it's, it takes a minimum of three months, but usually more like six to nine months to, to radically alter a culture within a workplace because it's, a culture is something that takes time. It's not something that is built overnight, and it's not something that alters overnight. But, uh, but it was such an, I love doing the work that I do and making the difference that I make to support people in building and developing and cultivating greatness within each other. That's really interesting because a lot of people come to me and actually looking back at my own career, wanting to feel acknowledged for the work that we do is something that we're always griping about, whether or not we talk to other people about it or talk to our, you know, our supervisors or our HR people, whether or not we say it out loud, we definitely feel it. Mm -hmm. So how exactly do you do that when you work with these organizations? So that's a, an excellent question, okay? Because there are several, 
I don't know if you've ever heard of Gary Chapman's five love languages. Yes. Right. We were just talking about this today with our producer. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of how to express love, individuals have five general categories of ways that they like to express love and and can hear love expressed or how they interpret at love and an expression of love. They're also, and it just so happens that Gary Chapman wrote as a result of demand, the five languages of acknowledgement and appreciation in the workplace. So what works for one person may or may not work for another person. Some people, it really matters to have physical touch, to have a, a warm handshake, to have an actual pat on the back or a hug in a specific kind of situation. Then there are other people who want a monetary reward or a gift reward for great work. There are some people who want to be acknowledged verbally, some in public, some in private. Some need the verbal acknowledgement but want, to have, want it to be done in private. Some people need the verbal acknowledgement but would rather it be done in public in front of everybody, right? And so... Um, so I read about the different languages of acknowledgement and appreciation in the workplace. And, um, and then I also took a look at, um, is there a universal language? And also, are there universal complaints? Like for every language of acknowledgement and appreciation, is there a correlate complaint that people tend to focus their attention and energy on, Right. So for people who like f physical acknowledgement, physical touch, are there, is their way of expressing anger more violent in nature, physically violent, right? For people for whom verbal acknowledgement is important, is verbal insults their way of dealing with anger and disharmony? And so I, I, that part, I haven't yet done complete research around, but I thought to myself, as I was thinking about languages of acknowledgement and appreciation, I thought to myself, okay, so what are the languages of dissatisfaction, disrespect, or anger? And how can we turn those around and how we, can we interrupt them in such a way to turn them into the other end of the spectrum? Like how to do a 180. Now, regarding how to knowing which languages of acknowledgement and appreciation are going to work best for each person, it just so happens that Gary Chapman and his book have a test that you can take and you can give at the work for people at the workplace to distinguish. And if you, depending on how many numbers of people you have taking it, it'll cost you, I don't know, 10 or $12 per person. But, um, so you can find that out. And if, if you did nothing else other than the, to find out what the actual language of acknowledgement and appreciation that your staff people have, that alone could make a pretty big difference, you know, because that way, you know, at the end of the day or at the end of a project, exactly what and how to say to whom and in such a way as to have them feeling known in the language that they best hear and absorb. Okay. Now, the curriculum that I created doesn't go into that much detail about what specific language of acknowledgement and appreciation each person talks about. I speak more to um, the, the culture aspect of the workplace. And I give, but I'm also in the process of seeing if I can create a cheat sheet of ways to figure out without necessarily, I mean, I, I'm also always going to recommend that people go to Gary Chapman's website on the five languages of acknowledgement and appreciation in the, in the workplace, because he's the authority, right? I'm just looking to see if I can create something that will, or if I can create an agreement with him on ways to provide it in the programs that I offer in the workplace, such that I can provide some level of detail for, to people so that they know exactly how to speak what language to which staff person. Got it. One, one thing on my mind is that for some reason, whenever, let's say, a supervisor does acknowledge me, um, I wonder whether it's 
truly genuine or authentic. Like if I don't feel it in my heart, I don't feel it. And and part of it may be the delivery of the acknowledgement and part of it may be my own ability or inability to receive the acknowledgement. So I'm curious how you see authenticity and being able to receive play out in this. That's a really great question. So um, part of, a significant part of the training that I provide to management and leadership is the ability to listen and to suss people out, you know, to, to get, the, get the world, to sense the context of the person that, with whom they're interacting and to make sure that what you're saying is being heard and being gotten. Um, this particular leadership technology that I've participated in and leadership programs that I've participated in speak about recreating people and being recreated, meaning you are really getting their world and leaving the person gotten, really understood, felt, heartfelt, right? And so part of what the training does include is developing the ability to feel and sense and establish genuine connection with people. Because when you when it's present, it's really present. And you the the acknowledgement really gets felt. And that's what that's a big part of what rocked my world with that initial acknowledgement that I received from the center manager that who initially acknowledged me. It was it was powerful and it was profound and he was speaking into my soul, you know, and it was like it felt like a two by four. And um, and so it's important leadership and management and acknowledgement and appreciation isn't just what you say. It's also how well you listen and how well you understand and how well you really get the person and the context of the person with whom you're interacting. So that's the other, that's the other part of what we do and how we tune in the relationship as much as possible. And it's not something that has to take a long time. You know, when you work together and you're spending 40, 35 to 40 hours a week crossing paths and chit-chatting and saying this, that, or and the other to each other, you pick up on each other, right? And it doesn't have to take a long time to learn to really listen and to tune into people because you're spending that time anyhow crossing paths and doing this, that, and the other. It's just focusing your attention a little bit more carefully in a way that makes a much more profound difference. Right. This is an interesting conversation because I had heard about the five love languages, but only through the lens of relationships mm -hmm. and had never actually thought about it in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And I know that words of affirmation is actually very low on my list of mm -hmm. being uh, being able to provide words of affirmation. And, and so it has been something that I've had to work on um, when I was working full time to, to really see like, how can I share this compliment authentically mm -hmm. and have it land? Mm -hmm. So still, still something I'm working on. <laughs> I acknowledge that I don't want to take a break right now because we can keep talking about this for, for many more hours, but we will. So when we come back after this, Carmen and I will dive into the intuitive reading that I'll share with her. We'll be right back. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. 
Greetings, Mouth Media Network listener. My name is Davin Riley, and I'm willing to bet you like music. And even if my assumption is wrong, I still think you should come and check out our show, The Music Lover Podcast, where we sit down with entrepreneurs, pioneers, artists, and the unsung heroes of the music industry. Together, we'll uncover the insider perspectives on some of your favorite companies and artists as we analyze music business trends through a technological lens. Find us at the Music Lover Podcast. But remember, that's Music Lover without the vowels. M-S-C-L-V-R. Yes, we're that cool. And since you're cool too, we should be friends. The Music Lover Podcast. We'll see you there. So I'm here with Carmen Reynal, who is the founder of Creating Greatness, and I'm excited to share with her a intuitive reading that I've done for her. And what's something that Carmen doesn't know about me is that I'm able to channel information uh, from guides of the Akashic Records. And what I do is I would first meditate on her name or her essence, and then start typing. So my strongest sense is clear audience, which means clear hearing. And so thought impressions would come through. Sometimes I do this on the subway. And and then I would just type in my phone, on my laptop, and I'm fully conscious when I do it. So all of this information is really meant to be for your highest good. And the question that I ask is, what is the highest guidance for you at this time? So what that means is, given everything that's going on right now, what is the one thing that I can share with you that can help you move forward in whatever way that is that's aligned with who you are on a soul level? And that um, can really, I find it really helps people align with their purposes, whatever their purpose is. So excited to share that with you. So how this will work is that I will read it verbatim from my phone, which I have right here. And as you listen to it, just allow yourself to follow the imagery. For some reason, you know, pictures, images, they're worth a thousand words. And so there's just more nuance that can come out of a visual metaphor, let's say. So follow the imagery. And afterwards, I'll ask you, How does this resonate, if at all, and what does it bring up for you? So thoughts, memories, stories, ideas, whatever bubbles up in your mind. Great. And a few more notes. One is that everything's written in third person. So it refers to you as Carmen, she, her, those types of pronouns. And every so often, uh, there are words in all caps, which means that they are capitalized. These particular words are just more important. And I'll indicate that to you visually with just holding my fingers up like this, but I'll also say all caps after Mm -hmm. that particular word. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So for you, I asked, what is the highest guidance for her at this time? And it says, it is like floating on water. In the heat of summer, trusting that her body stays afloat. Her back is sensitive to the feeling of water against her. So what I saw in my mind was you just floating on the water on your back. That trusted feeling as water laps around her ears and her face. That level of coolness relaxation, and trust, all caps, is what can help her finally let go. Whenever she pursues something, there is still a subtle layer of effort, of doubt. There cannot be doubt when she's floating with her back on the water. The moment there is, She would move forward, her feet searching for the bottom of the pool for its foundation, her breathing deep and grasping, as if making sure she has air. 
Practice letting go and floating. What crosses her mind when she floats? And then the action step I got for you. This is something free to reflect on, explore, journal on. It says, actually go out and practice. Use this image and that sensation of no longer floating to make her aware of when she has taken back control. What the action step is referring to is that moment when, you know, when you're floating on your back and then suddenly you're like, ooh, ooh, I don't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. here anymore. And then you suddenly try to right yourself. Right. So the action step says, actually go out and practice, meaning like be out on the water. Use this image and that sensation of no longer floating. So that moment where you're like writing yourself to make her aware of when she has taken back control. Okay. So that's the end of the reading. So I'd love to hear how this resonates, if at all, and what it brings up for you. So thoughts, memories, stories, ideas, emotions, whatever bubbles up for you. I love what you said. I am in the higher brain living that we've been participating in. Trust has been one of the words that keeps coming up for me as something that I need to do or be and have, you know? And so, um, and I'm also really present to how, how hard I am working to build the business and call upon uh, potential clients and effort and, you know, and hard work and uh, struggle and um, pushing against the tide as opposed to floating and allowing. And um, so, but I'm also crystal clear that the business that I'm building is huge. I mean, meaning it can have a huge impact on so many different businesses and so many different levels, both for small businesses, medium-sized businesses, as well as large ones. There has been more and more research and in human resource circles in the IT industry and in uh, startups they're clear that happy employees are way more um, effective and way more likely to stay with the business, and they are a lot, lot less likely to go looking for work elsewhere. But in more traditional formal Fortune 500 or 5,000 companies, it's not yet as known and as evident and so there are a lot of companies who don't yet, I mean, it is known amongst the larger companies that happier employees are, are, more, um, are more effective and more lucrative for the company. That is known. But what I don't think they get is how impactful and how just because you hire you hire somebody who's not necessarily innately happy doesn't mean that you're you, you're going to be stuck with a miserable human being. If you learn to speak their acknowledgement and appreciation language, you can create greatness out of somebody who's not inherently happy yet. Do you know what I mean? Maybe they're coming out of a job that they didn't like, or they were, you know, sometimes the the atmosphere in certain certain corporate circles can be really rough and tough and not particularly kind, you know. And so um, I don't think a lot of businesses, C-suites, realize just how much of an impact management and leadership can have on the mental and emotional well-being and joy and effectiveness and health and wealth of individuals and of the whole business. Like, you really have, 
human beings are inherently creative. We may not, we think of artists as being creative. We think of musicians as being creative. We don't think of everyday people as being creative. And yet everything that we do is a piece of a, of a work of art called your life, right? And a work of art called your job. Now, it may not look as pretty as the way you'd like for it to at the moment because you don't realize that it's a work of art and that you can actually shine it a little here and add a little bit of color there and do a little bit of this and take out a little bit of that to turn it into a whole other piece of work than what you have or what you view it as, right? So, and I'm crystal clear that the work that I do is to tune management and leadership into their own creativity, as well as encouraging them to cultivate the purposeful creativity of their staff and of their peers. Because as the more we focus on what's great and the more we focus on what works and the more we focus on everything that makes us happy and that produces great results that we get acknowledged for and stuff like that, then the more positive results are going to come through, right? So it's, um, it's really fun and it's, it's so rewarding to me because acknowledgement and appreciation feels good, not just to the person that you're giving it to, but also to the giver. You know, it's like a double, double-edged gift. Mm-hmm. And, um, so uh, it's something that makes me just happy thinking about it. Yeah. So and so trust. So you and you yes. talk about floating. So I was gonna and going to turn it back flow. to you. Sorry, where, I, 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 <laughs> where where does not trusting then play a role? Because I think the the guidance in this reading is let's look at that mm-hmm. so that you can do that great work that you are committed to. Right. And the 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 floating and the trusting and the effortlessness of it, right? As opposed to the struggling and the trying to get myself upright and get in control of the Mm -hmm. situation, Mm -hmm. right? right? Letting go of the need for control because the need for control is an indication of lack of trust. Mm hmm lack of trust in the generosity of the universe, lack of trust in myself and my ability to, to manifest what it is that I am out to create or whatever. I don't know. I'm just sort of running with, with what you were talking about. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue this fascinating conversation with Carmen. If you're a business decision maker, you should listen to this. The show you're listening to is produced by Mouth Media Network, a podcasting network focused on the business of lifestyle. Because of our team's background and deep connections with brands, influencers, and ecosystems, we offer a tremendous opportunity to bring your company's message and products in front of decision makers from several verticals, including fashion, beauty, travel, materials and textiles, health and fitness, and lifestyle. Reach out to the Mouth Media team now at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Let's explore how we can collaborate and make Mouth Media Network a meaningful resource to share your message and grow your business. Again, that's podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Welcome back, everyone. Let's dive right in. So how does that show up for you in terms of trusting on the one hand Mm -hmm. and then needing to control on the other? Like, what what does that look like? Well, that's a great question, you know, because on the one hand, I have it that if I'm not out there pounding the pavement and hitting the phones and calling businesses and taking, you know, the, the... the efforts Mm -hmm. that it takes to build a business, how on earth am I going to get clients and how on earth am I going to build my business? Right. And, uh, but then there's also, I'm crystal clear that when I, when I was 
talking to my girlfriend about my my business and she's like, oh my God, that's exactly what we're dealing with at our workplace. We need you to come in and work with us. That was that was no effort. Mm-hmm. There was no effort involved. She had just asked me about, you know, what are you up to on a professional level? And I was sharing with her what I was coming up with. And she was like, oh, there was, it was not, it was fun. Right. And the conversations that I had with some of, like one of the VPs, one of her upper bosses and with the executive VP of that particular housing authority division was not an effort. Mm-hmm. It was, there was nothing. It was kind of like floating. Mm-hmm. It was just sharing and excitement and um, there was nothing effortful or painful or lack of trust about it. Yeah. You weren't trying to control, you know, where this conversation At went all. to or At or all. let me share what my business is. Right. That I'd say use that as ex- as an example of mm-hmm. something you've already experienced mm-hmm. that is floating on the water. Right. So you had talked about the need to do hard work, like the need to pound the pavement, to to get clients. And and that does take some work, I would imagine. How do you how how do you see the difference between hard work and this example that you just shared where it, it didn't seem like hard work and yet you were able to get a client? Mm-hmm. With zero effort. Right. So that's a great question. I think that I think that there's there's some things that I do well in. I enjoy talking, sharing, networking. I love meeting people who are starting businesses or managing businesses. I love meeting and talking and and getting related to people. And, um, And I think that it wouldn't take much for me to... um, focus a fair amount of my free time on going out and meeting people. Uh, attending meetups of managers or people who are looking to have breakthroughs with their businesses, to do public speaking engagements, um, to do uh, things like things like this podcast, perhaps. I don't know. I think that I enjoy sharing about the possibility that this business is for me and for people. And I could talk about it at length. And, um, you know, I've had, I remember having conversations with somebody saying, yeah, well, what do you do with someone who, you know, is never positive or never has anything nice to say about anybody, right? And, um there are people who have had a lot of negative experiences and they're just kind of under their shell, hiding out, feeling as if the world is a very threatening place and who don't open up a whole lot about what really matters or about um, how, what is an expression of love for them. And so... And in those kinds of situations, I would look for anything that you can acknowledge somebody for that will bring a twinkle to their eye or a feeling of, ah, feeling anything that's going to leave somebody feeling known. And it might take a little bit to figure it out. It's not necessarily an automatic thing, especially if somebody is under a thick, um, shelter of, of resignation and cynicism for, for years of 
mistreatment or mistrust. And so, um, but it's, for me, it's the most, it's the most fun possible challenge that you can, it's like a puzzle, you know, and if you're willing to take a little bit of time trying this out or trying that out and seeing how a private acknowledgement works versus a public verbal acknowledgement, seeing if you really, you know, shake somebody's hand warmly, clasp their hand warmly or, or put your hand on their shoulder, like well done with that or what any little thing looking for figuring out what does resonate for people that is time well spent it is t- it is an investment that will pay back tenfold with a person who's going from flatline or dead to alive and excited and effective so um so there are any numbers of ways in which I enjoy sharing things that make a difference. And because there are so many different people and so many different styles, I could go on and on about it forever. But I really enjoy... So the, to return to your question, you were asking about how to distinguish between controlling a situation... For, for you, for me, personally. right, and for mm-hmm. for my for my own personal life and my and for the business, because in mm-hmm. my world, my business is a large part of my life. Mm-hmm. So, how to distinguish between control and just doing what needs to be done to have the business thrive and develop, right? The the hard work, but not controlling aspect of things, mm-hmm. and how to tune into the flow of things so that I can. Um, float, but in a, in a very directed kind of way, possibly, mm-hmm. you know, because water flows. Now mm-hmm. there are lakes and ponds that don't flow quite so much, but most lakes and ponds are fed by streams and flow, you know, flow in and flow out to, to some point. Mm-hmm. So um, that's actually a really great question. It's going to be something for me to to discover and distinguish for myself. And I really appreciate the question being asked so that I can learn to develop more flow and less struggle forcing an outcome um, control of the situation. Mm-hmm. So thank you for asking that. You're welcome. Yeah. That that's the action step. That's the homework. <laughs> that's exactly. Exactly. And, and what I felt was you can you can take the same exact action. Mm-hmm. But behind it is the energy that you have, which is your state of being. Mm-hmm. And that's really the one that that dictates where you end up. Mm. And so the state of being is one that is like floating with your back on the water, trusting. You you feel the water kind of lap around your ear and it kind of may freak you out, but you're like, no, I'm floating. Mm-hmm. And the more you are in touch with that sense, and this can be a visceral and physical bodily sense as you're taking an action, mm-hmm. the more your body will know, I'm in this state of being. Mm. Great. And then the moment where, you know, that moment where you feel like the water's maybe lapping up a little bit too much and you feel like, oh, no, I have to right myself. I'm trying to find the bottom of the pool. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure I'm breathing Mm -hmm. just in case. If you've ever had like an almost drowning moment Mm -hmm. like I like I have um, it, you you remember it. It's like a instinctual kind of reflex. And in those moments, you are trying to control the environment. And you can you can do whatever it is that you need to do. Really, your goal is to survive, to breathe, and to make sure you're you're okay. Right, totally. So in those moments, you kind of reflect on whenever you feel like you're pounding the pavement, or whenever you feel like you're going into a call where it feels more like you're trying to upright yourself instead mm-hmm. of flow. Catch yourself mm-hmm. and say, you know what? I'm I want this particular state of being. Great. 
Yeah, of floating. Mm-hmm. Trust. Yeah. Trust, of trusting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, trust is creative. Mm-hmm. Or, and lack of trust is also creative. You know, so when I don't trust a situation, I'm attracting n- negative, uh, this is, this is my, my opinion, but I, when I'm not trusting myself or, any, or someone else or a situation, I'm attracting a negative vibe and creating a negative vibe. So. And it may come out in your voice and how you present yourself and what you say, mm-hmm. and it may be, you may not even notice it, but we're all energetic beings. The other person on the line is picking something up. Totally. They may not even know what they're picking up, but they're like, ooh, maybe maybe I shouldn't trust this person because because of something they sensed. And, and then it, it creates an impact that you didn't even know about. Right. And, and so it's, it's allowing for really a seamless connection and communication between two people. Love it. Love it. Thank you. You're oh. welcome. You're welcome. Thank I want to make sure really? you do this great work because I've had my share of not being <laughs> acknowledged. <laughs> and also seeing the impact that it can have on people who are doing really great work or seeing that people are, are acknowledging people in in really not not an effective way mm-hmm. and it may actually do more damage than mm-hmm. good so 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 yeah i i appreciate the work that you're doing thank you and i so appreciate the work that you're doing and giving me the opportunity and the privilege to be on this podcast with you and thank you for honoring me with your time and your reading and the opportunity to get to share about my business with you and with the world at large. You're welcome. Carmen, so how can our listeners get in touch with you, get to know more about your work, and what is a final thought that you want to leave us with? There are a variety of different ways you can reach me. Um, My professional email is creatinggreatnessllc at gmail.com. You can reach me at my website, carmenraynell.com. LinkedIn is a great way to message me as well as Facebook. Those are the two social media that I utilize the most. Thank you. Oh, and the final thoughts. Ah, I actually had a massive breakthrough a couple of weeks ago. So I have no children of my own. And yet I realized a couple of weeks ago that I have it that I am like a universal mother. All right, that I have a maternal role with each and every human being on the planet, which got really complicated because it doesn't work for me that my children hurt each other and kill each other and do, you know, have crimes against each other or don't treat each other well or go hungry. It doesn't work for me that my children go hungry anywhere. But then as I was, as I was thinking about work and the workplace, it occurred to me, Wow, managers and leaders of businesses play a parental role with their staff. All managers and all leaders end up at some point, usually a lot more in the beginning when you first hire somebody and less and less as they become more independent and self-sufficient and more competent in their accountabilities, but there's still an element of of parenting and teaching your staff how to how to how to crawl, how to walk, how to run, how to do all kinds of gymnastics when you're dealing with with um, with things that get in your way or challenges, and and none of us are ever given parenting classes. And while there are some management and leadership programs, and there are management and uh, MBAs, right? Management and business administration programs out there. They're more, I, I assert that a lot of them tend to be numbers oriented rather than people and character and parenting oriented and how to have your staff really grow up and become phenomenal human beings within the business and within their life at work. And so I've taken on how to best provide that 
to management and leadership within a workplace, how to develop that particular role in a way that really works for your staff, for each other, because management also, management needs appreciation. Leadership needs appreciation. All of us feel better and perform better when we feel appreciated and known as great by those who work for us as well as they do from us. So thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to share that particular idea in, uh, in, this, in this particular podcast. You're welcome. It's a message that more people need to know about. And, and speaking of parenting, that's a whole nother conversation about, you know, all the things that you didn't get from your mom and dad that now you're trying to get and, you know, how, how your supervisor relates to you. That, that's like a whole set of trauma. <laughs> but, but it's all interrelated. It's really how we connect with other people. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Yes. So, Carmen, it has been so great to have you on the show. I hope you continue reflecting on the intuitive reading, and I wish you all the best in your business. And thank you so much for giving me that image of trust and of floating and the, the homework that you gave me to, to tune back into the, the power and the relaxation available from trusting rather than from trying to control situations. That was a huge gift. I appreciate it. Welcome. And to our listeners, I challenge you to look at your own lives, whether you're working and you have a, um, you know, a good sit work situation or, or an opportunity for you to figure out how you can trust more and how you can actually express love and joy and acknowledgement and appreciation in different areas of your life. So I really want to take a quick minute to acknowledge and appreciate everybody listening to this recording. I acknowledge you for being the human being that you are, for making the difference that you make, be it at work, be it with your family members, whether it's your parents, your children, your brothers, your sisters, anybody that you interact with, you make a difference with. And every smile, every genuine smile that you share with someone brings sunshine into their life. Every pat on the back that is genuinely felt feeds somebody's soul that needs it. Every time you give a gift that comes from your soul and from your heart, it brings solace, it brings appreciation, and you make a difference in everything that you do and everywhere that you go. And I thank you for doing that each day and in every way. I felt it. And until next time, be on the lookout for all possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.